episode 48, Annex Wealth Management SWAT Podcasts, Strengths, Weaknesses, Opportunities, and Threats, Weekly Insight and Perspective from Members of the Annex Wealth Management Investment Committee. Joining us today, Blaine Disrude, Research Analyst. Welcome. Morning, Danny. Todd Voigt, Chief Investment Strategist. Welcome. Good morning, Danny. Always like to start out with our thank you to all the listeners who come back week after week. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend, colleague, or family member. Uh, We really enjoy making these, and anything to help spread the word and get the word out of the SWAT podcast, we really appreciate. We do have, and this is a reminder, uh, episode 50 coming up, and we're going to have a guest join us for the SWAT analysis, and we'll announce that guest member next week. Uh, It should be a real fun episode. We're looking forward to it. So with that, Todd, you want to get into what's coming up this week? Sure. So we got a home price uh, index. We got new home sales. So good amount of housing data. We had uh, building permits last week. Came in a little disappointing. But we also have Conference Board's Consumer Confidence Index. The new home sales, again, GDP is a big one. We've talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that that's going to be the first look at the first quarter GDP. And right now, it's probably hovering around an estimate of 2% versus a prior 2.6. And and the key about that was the expectation coming into 2023 that the first couple of quarters would be weak and we'd see the onset of recession. We're not seeing that. This is all stretched out. The expectation for next quarter is zero growth and the following third quarter, fourth quarter, negative growth. And then we also have personal income data included in that is personal spending at at the end of the week. And so what I'll do, I'll kick this off if it, that's okay and talk about strengths. The recent big news is more the upside surprise from the Chinese economy. GDP grew by 4.5%. Retail sales rose 105 Year-on-year factory output rose. Central banks holding rates steady. Uh, they've eased visa restrictions. Airline traffic's tripled since last year. Our belief is that it's an initial pop may settle down to lower growth rate depending on global economic growth, which that's not looking too promising. On the other side of that is gold is up 10% year-to-date, trading well, broke 2000 but settled a little bit below uh, last week. And much of it's based, I, I, we believe, on a debt ceiling. I wouldn't worry about dollar losing its dominance. I think that's a common topic among clients have come in to ask a question and, and the thought of... It's a dollar. new concern. I mean, we've seen a few deals outside of the U.S. related to oil deals, Russia doing a deal out, outside of right, with the a contract right. being in the, in the U.S. dollar. So I think that's where that concern's coming from. We've tried help answering some of those questions for clients Uh, over the past few weeks. And while there's been some of these deals done outside the dollar, it's not that the dollar's necessarily gone away or it's going away. It's a a long trend that can take years and years. I mean, the U.S. dollar has been more or less the dominant currency for better part of 100 years, we'll say. That regime shift usually is about a 100-year change that we've seen over history, you know, Great right. Britain and so forth. So, But in the near term, just to push yeah. this up front, is that you you don't have developed forward futures markets in China. You've got capital controls in place, and, and currency markets don't like that. Central banks of other countries don't like that. You need liquidity in that currency. You need an established bond market in the U.S., bond markets, probably 80% of the world bond market. So, you know, until that changes, now it doesn't rule out that the dollar gets weaker and oh boy, and, and I'll tell you right now, 
The dollar gets weaker, and it's it's in a weaker weakness trend since October. It hasn't experienced that real weakness we've seen in the past. And in the certain newspapers, in editorial pages, when the the dollar's exceptionally weak, we'll start talking about pegging the dollar to gold. So be prepared for that in maybe a year, and you'll say to yourself, "Boy, I remember hearing something about that. Why wouldn't the, they've been talking about?" pegging a dollar to gold when the dollar was strong. Why would you sell low and, and buy high? I mean, so, you know, that that's good. That discussion is going to come up in about a year. But for, to get back on track, wouldn't worry much about the dollar losing its dominance. I mean, gold's done well. Any other currencies have done well against the dollar. The dollar's coming off at extreme strength, right? Like we, we've talked about right. that before. So it's a reversal, if you will, of what we've seen over the last two, three years that the dollars just come off. And right. gold's been a benefactor of that. One of the other strengths that we had and we wanted to talk about was financial conditions have actually been relatively strong given all the tightening that we've had, not just from the Fed, but what essentially is occurring in the banking sector. Bank earnings have come out. They've been relatively strong. Deposits came in better than what people had been anticipating. And all of that has been helping more or less keep the financial conditions as high as it is. Um, and that's benefiting from strong equity markets. And then the the bond market, the move index has actually come down, which is also helping from a capitalization standpoint. What about bank earnings? We've seen bank earnings come in we got a slew of them coming again this week, but for the most part, those deposits have come down. They didn't come down as bad as expectations. What we are seeing, though, is earnings estimates and expectations for earnings to come down as well as the net interest margins coming down. And then some banks have also been putting in provisions for capital losses with the expectations that credit might be uh, becoming a bit of an issue going forward on the consumer side. But then commercial real estate really is kind of the elephant in the room that People are still trying to reconcile where where is commercial real estate at the moment. And you can figure that out, you know, rather quickly and come to some conclusion. But these things play out quarter after quarter, isn't that right? Yeah, and that's, I think, what gets people is everyone wants to make that knee-jerk reaction. And markets might not react to it right away. It might take a few quarters for things to materialize. And then that's when stuff starts right, to right. deteriorate. And we're going to swing back around to that topic and uh, opportunities. But in weaknesses, we got uh, leading economic indicators, conference boards, uh, leading index, 10 economic sectors or economic indicators in recession territory for the last 12 months, basically. Uh, worst on record, that trend down the last 12 months usually portends a long stretched out slow period as well. So as, as we see that filter that come into the, the actual economic data as we get into the third and fourth quarter, that could stretch in the first, second quarter, 24, and you got this long drawn out recession because yeah. the indicators are, are so bad. And to put that into context, so we're around minus eight on that index. The worst we've seen is near minus 20. That was 08 financial crisis. Typically, when you around minus 10 is what we've seen during other recessionary periods. So we're right on that cusp of that minus 10, uh, which we've seen pretty consistently of being the bottom of recessionary periods. So since we're not in that yet, there still might be further decline in that index number, and just given our estimates. Part of the reason we're not in that yet is the labor market's holding up. What about jobless claims? Yeah, and we've seen those jobless claims trend upward. So we bottomed out with jobless claims in September at 182,000. This most recent report was 245,000. 
and that's even above the trend that we've seen over the last two years, um, which was right around 200,000. So we've essentially, over the last six months, have seen jobless claims trending higher, and now they're starting to come in higher than expectations, which is not a good sign. And we've been talking about that with the warrant notices that have been coming out and all the layoff announcements. It's finally starting to show up in the numbers. Right. And then uh, another weakness uh, would be inflation expectations or inflation in general. The University of Michigan's inflation expectations uh, index rose 4.6% from 3.6 last month. Core CPI rose 5.6. Atlanta Fed sticky price index is up 5.9. So you got basically inflation still sitting at a, a, a higher level, much higher than the Fed's comfortable with in terms of a weakness. Now, one thing that kind of feeds into that, and we do a lot of margin analysis, is the fact that the pricing power of companies, they, companies can pass those prices on. They can pass the prices on the higher prices to a point, and then it really impacts the consumer. There gets to be a point where volume starts to take that hit, right? Right, and that's on the demand side. So Fed meets next week. This waiting game begins in the market. Important not to get caught up on the speculation on what the Fed's going to do. I mean, you can listen to business news all you want, and and all you're going to hear is commentators speculate on what inflation. It it is what it is. So there'll be a surprise one way or the other in the commentary that follows that decision. That's what everybody's looking for. It's a very short-term view of what's going on with the markets, but Right now, I think the whole next week is going to be all about the Fed meeting and the expectation is they're going to raise rates a quarter of a point. As far as the other weakness that we had was the commercial real estate. And I know Derek and Dave spoke about that on our week in review that comes out. And that's very top of mind for us, looking at what that will do for the banking industry, especially because regional banks make up such a large portion of the the commercial real estate. You have $1.5 trillion of loans out there that are going to get renewed over the next year or so. How those get revalued and what those are revalued at is going to make a big difference to banks' balance sheets. So something that we're watching. So if I can switch gears here to opportunities, there's a few, and I'll segue what you just said into the regional bank area and I you know when you get these sharp declines in certain sectors and we're individual stock pickers as well as fund pickers you might say this is an opportunity that you can pool the risk you can go into an ETF or fund and average down and and when you know these are I say an opportunity because you have a V-shaped sort of market segment. You can have a V-shaped market in general, but you can have a V-shaped segment uh, where you can take advantage of averaging in, but do it in, I would do it in a fund where the, the, the risk is pooled. Your risk is not risk that one particular bank is going out of business. Your risk in that case is volatility. So take advantage of it. It might take a while, but you add, you add, you stop, you give up something off the bottom, and you add again, and add a f- another fourth, and you'll t- you'll approximate the bottom. You won't pinpoint, assuming you can't pinpoint the bottom of the regional bank index, right. but you can approximate it. And I think that gets to you know a long drawn out type recession or U-shaped recovery is somewhat played in part because of rolling recessions through different sectors and different parts of the economy. Like we saw that with semiconductors and they've more or less like Micron came out with their earnings several weeks ago and said, hey, you know, we think we're seeing the trough here of like chip demand. 
and so semiconductors have done well since and you can and also so forth. see it in medical devices home building yep uh, in those sectors so you can find those opportunities and average into them yep another that's, opportunity that's, if i keep this going here emerging market debt as a play on currency if the belief is the dollar is going to get weaker or is in a weaker trend you have the wind behind your back with uh, emerging market debt We've talked about emerging markets in general or stocks, uh, but that's an, an opportunity. Let's work our way into threats here. So at the end of the day, the Fed hasn't stopped tightening. They they did inject some liquidity going through March, but overall they're still expected to raise another 25 basis points, and the balance sheet is still doing its runoff of $95 billion a month essentially. So in general, we're still in a tightening period, even though we are just talked about all those economic indicators that are essentially showing signs of weakness and potential recession on their horizon. And that uh, takes you right into bringing back in the banking issues, uh, leading to tighter lending standards and leading to a credit crunch. The, the, The thing to look for there in previous credit crunches, and they don't happen very often, is the pour over into the insurance companies that essentially the same bond portfolios and the same mark to market requirements. And, and we haven't seen that, so it, this seems to be contained, but that would be a canary in a coal mine, if you will. We've seen weakness in broader tech based on valuation, or may see it rather, as interest rates back up. We saw that after the banking crisis, the yields come down only to be marching back up. So, you know, there may be a problem in the, in the broader tech area. Treasury's likely overshot in March, like everyone fled to quality more or less get out of the market let's just back off and we're getting compensated to hold treasuries given where yields are at and now since then people have been pulling off their treasuries and actually adding to tech we talked about the nasdaq as a strength a couple podcasts ago and it's gotten to the point where valuations there look look potentially stretched um and you could have a potential pullback in that broader area as far as the nasdaq's concerned just given how valuations have gotten to the levels they are doesn't mean you necessarily abandon certain sectors to, to omit or exclude certain sectors. Starts taking you into sector concentration, which is not a good idea from a portfolio construction standpoint. The wealth managers are well aware of that, and we, we talk about it all the time with them, about proper portfolio construction as part of the broader financial plan to weather you know the storms like we have. So again, you mitigate the risk from multiple angles to make sure a plan works. Danny, why don't we uh, go back through headlines? All right. What do you got for headline strength? Got China recovery as it relates to global recovery. Headline weakness? Economic indicators are deteriorating and that trend has continued. And our headline opportunity? Well, overseas and the opportunities in certain sectors. Got it. And our headline threat? Continued tightening. Blaine Disrude, research analyst on the Annex Wealth Management SWAT podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Todd Voigt, our chief investment strategist. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Annex Wealth Management, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect on those of Annex Wealth Management, LLC. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice or a recommendation or a solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from 
qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risk. Neither Annex Wealth Management LLC nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.